How do you unlock your full potential of influence and create lasting change? I'm your co-host, Dave Donaldson. Along with your other co-host, Scott Young, welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Join us each week for inspirational stories and strategies from leaders, experts, and professionals around the globe. We want to see you get equipped and empowered to make an impact that resounds from your neighborhood to the nations. While you listen, if you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. Just hit the subscription button. Even more importantly, we'd like to invite you to be part of our team by helping us to share the message and continue to bring more and exciting guests onto the program. These guests help us to grow in our influence, your five-star rating and personal written review, which we look forward to reading will help us to move forward. You can also follow us at the Influencers Podcast Official on all social media channels to stay up to date, to hear more inspiring content, and to unlock your full potential as an influencer. Well, what an honor it is to have with us uh, for the Influencers Podcast, uh, a hero of many of you uh, that are watching and listening today. Uh, Nick Vujicic. Now, did I say that okay? Dave, you actually said it perfectly. Very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. And you are known internationally as, you know, life without limbs guy uh, that God has just greatly used. And it's just the beginning. And we're going to drill down on that today. We have so many mutual friends. Uh, I was just with Jack Hibbs, uh, who said, Nick is everywhere. There's got to be more than one Nick. He's everywhere. <laughs> I love Jack. He just baptized 1,500 people, 1,200 people. And uh, he's, he's one of the few that are indeed preaching how it should be preached. So uh, say a prayer for Jack today because he's definitely in the front line and it feels like he's everywhere around the world like never before as well. So very exciting. Yeah, I hope he's resting today. Uh, but what a great message he gave on Sunday. Yeah. And we also want to thank you at CityServe because uh, you are part of the Uncommon Giving team. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, but you helped us with the Last Mile campaign uh, where we distributed through the local church 17 million food boxes uh, to people in need, prayed for millions of people. And you helped us uh, raise some of the funds that we needed uh, to make sure that these boxes get to families in need. So thank you for that, Nick. On behalf of uh, Uncommon Giving as the Chief Generosity Officer, I want to say thank you, CityServe, for what you have done by the grace of God, what he's done through you, more like it. It's just incredible to know how humble your hearts are and just preaching the gospel in every way possible you can. And it's a delight and an honor to actually meet you face-to-face, -face, Dave, and to have a leadership Zoom call with them all tomorrow. I'm a massive fan of what you've done as a ministry, and I look forward to see if there's any possibility of future collaboration to continue to shine the love and light of Jesus Christ. Well, I kind of see it as a transcontinental railroad. You know, God is connecting these tracks, and, and our team's excited tomorrow to explore that uh, with you. Now, I hope uh, that our viewers and listeners will forgive me, but I got to read Nick's bio, or at least part of it, 
uh, because it's unbelievable. How old are you, by the way? 38. Wow. Incredible. So Nick, uh, Aussie American, entrepreneur, internationally known speaker, author, traveled the globe sharing your story. Uh, you've inspired millions of people. You motivate, equip people of all ages to dream big, never give up. Uh, you are going to share with us today some of your principles uh, that have transformed your life uh, and also how you God's used those principles to transform your life without limbs to a life without limits. I love that. I heard you speak, by the way, at Red Rock, and that was powerful. Uh, and at the end, you know, people were calling out to God, people that were really hurting were crying out as well. And I want us to talk about your ministry to people that are hurting. Uh, you founded Life Without Limbs, Unbound Warrior, and through your passion uh, to fight against bullying, uh, you partner with Noble Education Initiative. You've written six books, which have sold, the, sold this is an amazing amount, 3 million copies, 30 languages, and you've had the opportunity to address 10 national governments, as well as 21 presidents, vice presidents, prime ministers, uh, corporations use you to motivate their team. And I know you're going to motivate our team tomorrow, uh, but God used you to motivate like Google, Keller Williams, Remax, New Skin. Uh, you have shared the stage with Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, Les Brown. That's a pretty good company. And you've given multiple TED Talks, and you've been on the Oprah Life class, and there are many other uh, television and documentaries, so praise the Lord for that. As we discuss, you are with Uncommon Giving as a Chief Generosity Officer. How do you beat that title? And so God is using you to really spearhead a new movement of generosity among Zs, millennials, and we have experienced that, as I mentioned earlier, and I love this, that, uh, that your mission and mandate is to change the world, to make it better one person at a time, and your family's making you better, right? One day at a time, and your lovely wife, now, Kanae A. Kanae, yeah, we met uh, in April 2010. We're just about to actually um, celebrate our 10-year anniversary uh, coming up in February 2022. And uh, we have four children, an eight and five-year-old son. Uh, and then we also have two girls. So two boys, two girls. The, the, two, the girls are twins, identical twins, uh, three and a half years old. They're already taller than me. And uh, indeed, God has uh, used Laugh Without Limbs to preach the gospel all around the world. And uh, out of the nine and a half million people face to face, in 3,500 speeches, we've seen 1.1 million give their life to Jesus Christ uh, and unapologetically preach the gospel to some governments as well. And so it's been uh, incredibly um, awesome and divine and could not do it without the board, love and support of everyone at the ministry. Um, since 05, I moved from Australia in 03. Uh, half moved and uh, then came here full time. And it's been an, a, an incredible, joyous ride uh, to see God's glory revealed through everything. And as we cling on to him, he just uh, continues to bless our socks off. 
well, you know, if God can get it through you, he'll give it to you. And, and that's what's happening. And you and your wife, you're making sure that nothing's getting stuck. And that's I'm so right. glad that you highlighted how many people have received the Lord, because I know that's your ultimate mission. Amen. Yeah, we've reached uh, 733 million people digitally. Um, and with COVID, it's only helped us to double down. We have some technological partners who patented ways to compress video files as well that enable us to quickly translate many, many videos that we're doing. We have a, a prison ministry, a digital video library. And if anybody wants to hear of how uh, people in prisons in America are mm. not just coming to Jesus, but now holding their own Bible studies, go mm. to laughwithoutlimbs.org, give us an email address, and we'd be happy to give you the reports of where your support's going and prayers helping us to achieve. Well, that's awesome. Well, I know uh, most of our uh, viewers and listeners already know you, uh, but for those that haven't had the privilege, share with us uh, your story and, and just uh, in, you know, where God has brought you now. Thanks, Dave. Um, I was born in Melbourne, Australia to Serbian immigrant parents, Boris and Dushka, where the government came, took over their lands and possessions, put their fathers in prison um, for their faith. Uh, they left, they escaped, um, and um, uh, came to Australia with nothing, uh, learned English. Um, I was their firstborn son. I have a brother and sister born after me. My dad at age 27 started his first plant of churches 11 months before I was born. And when I was born, the whole church was wondering why God would allow the pastor's son to be born with such a birth defect. With no medical explanation, my mom actually had a premonition that something would go wrong in her first pregnancy as a nurse. Uh, she actually was very, very, very careful with what she took and what she did not take. Um, and there's still to this day, no medical explanation. Um, I knew I had no arms, no legs. I didn't think it was such a big deal because I was brought up in a loving home who told me that God loved me and he's got a plan for me. Uh, they didn't give me everything I wanted when I wanted it, how I wanted it, because they didn't want to um, misappropriate their parenting um, influence to really ill prepare me for the world because the world does not give you everything you want when you want it, how you want it. So I started vacuuming the floor at age six for $2 a week. If I wanted something from the store, I would never get it. I'd buy it. Uh, and we didn't have a Christmas tree, no Christmas presents. And it was just a birthday gift annually. Uh, my mom fought at the state government level to allow her disabled son to be integrated for the first time into the school system instead of being segregated. Um, and so in 1990, I was awarded Young Citizen of the Year to be able to go to school for the first time as an example, trailblazing the integration. Um, at age eight to 12, I was forced to have a quickening of my maturity, looking ahead of my future and not seeing it so bright. I was angry at God as he was silent for two years as I asked him, where are you? Why me? Where is my miracle? And if you are a loving God, this don't make sense. Where's my plan that you have for me? Where's the plan that you have for me? Where's the hope that you have for me? According to Jeremiah 29, 11. When he did not answer me, my heart became callous. 
And for five years, I refused to speak to him, waiting for him to explain to me what was his blueprint for his plan. It led to a pinnacle of depression of lows, uh, attempting suicide at age 10. As I'm trying to fill up my lungs with water, I was stopped on the third attempt during the rolling over. Um, uh, seeing my mom and my dad crying at my grave. And I realized there's something worse than parents having a son without limbs. It's having a son without limbs who ends his life. And I didn't want to leave that guilt and that burden. So I decided to stay. At age 13, I played my favorite uh, 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 sport, soccer. Hurt my little foot. For those of you who've never seen my body in full, I have a little left uh, uh, on the left side of my torso, an appendage, a little foot. Uh, six inches, two toes. It enables me to be mobile, drive my wheelchair, type 53 words a minute on a normal computer, swim, golf, fish, scuba dive, skydive. Um, and um, when I could not walk for three weeks, I realized I had a choice either to be angry for what I don't have or be thankful for what I do have. Um, and in that moment, my heart became a little bit more soft. Then in church, I, we read as a Bible study, John chapter nine, a man was born blind. No one knew why he was born that way. Jesus said it was done so that the works of God will be revealed through him. And Dave, what really changed my life was not another miracle because I've seen the miracles in the Bible. But what changed me was that Jesus didn't tell him the blueprint of the plan. And the blind man didn't ask him for the plan. He just allowed God to do his plan. So I said, God, more than arms and legs, I want to be saved. More than arms and legs, rescue me from the, from the disability of sin and shame and guilt and the lack of peace that only you can give. So come into my life, give me arms and legs just so you gave sight to the blind man. But if you don't, I'll still worship you. Just use me and use this if you don't change it. And little did I know that when God doesn't give you a miracle, you can still be one. Uh, at 17, the janitor at my high school said, you're gonna be a speaker to the world, to the nations. Let me organize your first speech. I said, no, for three months. I said, yes, then people were crying. Lives were changed. I went to churches. I was already a stock market trader, an options trader at age 16. Um, first real estate investment at 19 and graduated 21 uh, with a Bachelor of Commerce in Financial Planning and Investments and Accounting, double major. Uh, but I had no idea that I would become a speaker to go around the world and be on television to a billion people in China and a billion people outside of China and having hours behind closed doors with world leaders. And so it's been an incredible journey. Um, and now we just moved from California in November, 2019. Um, I turned to my wife and I said, we got to get out of here, November, 2019. Mm -hmm. And uh, we moved to Dallas area uh, about a year ago. Um, and it's been an incredible blessing and the whole Headquarters of Life Without Limbs is now based at the Hope Center, which is in Plano, North Dallas area, an incredible hub of 62 ministries under one roof. So we're blessed to be here, Dave, and uh, we're very excited for what God has for Life Without Limbs and all the other projects going on. Well, thank you, Nick. I mean, I love what you have said. I was never crippled and, until I lost hope. I was never crippled until I lost hope. And you have some key principles that have helped you turn these obstacles into opportunities and to thrive. Can you share those with us? Sure. 
So number one, God made us human. Uh, and so we need to accept that. And humans feel. And if you're a human who doesn't feel, you're actually unhealthy. So how do you process these emotions? Um, 2020, uh, you know, the crap hit the fan for all of us and such a curveball of curveballs, right? Unprecedented. But it wasn't our first global crisis. Uh, some of us remember and were personally affected as well as I uh, at, the, at the global economic crisis in 2008. Um, we understand that uh, I think the devil is um, scared uh, like never before, knowing that his days are closer like never before. Um, and in that, we expect worldwide order um, and the signs of the times are showing. With that, um, we need to understand what that means for us in our own walk with, with God. And so processing those emotions, I think it's really exposed the disability of the church who have not taught their members how to study the Bible, memorize scripture, and worship God in spirit and in truth, and not just pray, but fast, and not just fast in January, the Daniel fast, but fasting of food monthly, X amount of days per month without food, um, because that is the only way in scripture that tells me how to unleash the entire power of the Holy Spirit. I, I've never seen um, anything unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit. No gift, uh, no prayer language, but it's actually fasting, black and white. It says prayer can only break so much of the strongholds but fasting does it all that's right that's and right. black and white so yeah. uh going back to the basics i think um in processing the emotions unfortunately the church didn't know how to in my opinion also place um on a scalable way trained christian psychologists um, who can help people talk about uh, sexual abuse, not just in their cell group or this happened to me, but God uses dentists for my teeth. God uses psychologists for my brain. And trained Christian psychologists are dying on the inside because they're only employed by people that tell them that Jesus is a swear word. And so I think that's lost. So number one is processing the emotions that God has given allowed you to feel jesus knows what fear is more than you have you ever swept blood out of your brow of fear no jesus did so he knows your fear so what do you do with those emotions how did jesus have a one-on-one -on -one with the father yes but how we converse with one another allowing the disciples to share their heart to share their feelings to ask those questions um, counseling, Dave, I went through counseling in 2020. Not only was I had to, what did I have to go back to the original lists of lists of being thankful for what God did give me as an attitude of gratitude, but going back to the bad days, like bad dying of cancer, me nearly dying in a hospital, uh, me finding a, finding a grenade at my house, me having a spying drone over my house me being kicked out of a bank in 28, uh, 2019, uh, car bombs, okay, 
many things happening in my life, going back to those bad days and thinking, wow, how could it have gone worse? Mm. It mm. always could be worse. Mm. Maybe I couldn't have said goodbye to my dad. Okay. Uh, maybe I could have died in a hospital. Maybe my child found the grenade with the pin in it. Mm. Maybe mm. I kicked, got kicked out of a bank, but I couldn't open up another one. I was able to open up another one. Uh, understanding the blessings of God and miraculous uh, in that. And so when you understand that if you're a general and you're an ordained child of God, you are also then there in commission, part of the Great Commission, the evangelist. Your history is his story. And there is nothing that counts except for how many jewels are in your crown wherein how many people have you told that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life? How have you procured somebody coming to Jesus Christ? Period. Doesn't matter how much money you gave. Doesn't matter what church you're at. We're all waiting for denominations to be one. When I read the Bible, he didn't talk about denominations. He said that we'd be one. That's right. The denominations, Dave, will never be one. It is us, the remnant, who are not in a coma, who are actively serving cities, countries, na nations on scales for the orphans, the widows uh, in America, foster and adoption, um, giving homes away to homeless veterans, 32,000 in Dallas. This is the church. Where are we? And so... Uh, if, if, if we are pro-life, just understand that we need to be the hands and feet. So be thankful for what he's given you. Be thankful for what he didn't allow to happen. And then say, God, here I am. Use me. And if God can use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet, then God can use any willing heart. And if it ain't hot in your life, then maybe you're actually not standing in front of the gates of hell and redirecting traffic. That's powerful. Wow. If we will just apply that, you know, my, uh, my dad was killed when I was nine uh, by a drunk driver, mother uh, debilitated for life, you know, four kids. So I have three siblings and uh, it was a family that didn't have much, uh, but they took us into their single wide trailer and then uh, trained us what with really is it's not just inviting people into your home uh, but also inviting that pain that sorrow that anger and for us it was a process of grieving grieving gathering with our church and and family and then giving and that was a path from you know wounded to wounded healing and out of that we started convoy of hope and now city serve and uh, so you're really speaking to me, uh, Nick, and I think you're speaking to a lot of people right now that are listening and, and watching uh, that are overcome by fear, uh, discouragement, despair. Uh, I can tell you right now, I'm in Eugene, Oregon. And last night, because uh, my, my wife's family lives here, and last night, uh, my brother-in-law took me through the downtown area. And it's like a massive campsite of homeless and people walking around that are just, they've lost everything and they're defocused, they're in full despair. But 
There are a lot of people that are not living out there that are in churches, communities that are in the same boat right now. You know, what would you say to them? So let me give some practical steps. So number one is attitude of gratitude. To get out of depression, you're going to be thankful for what you have. Uh, number two is processing your emotions. Get counseling. Uh, talk to someone. Choose two friends and alternate them bi-weekly to call them, see how they're doing, and they can speak into your life and pray for you as well. Um, understanding the importance of goal setting. Why are we not goal setting as Christians? Short-term, mid-term, long-term goals. Uh, God thread DNA, short-term, mid-term, long-term goals. God is not done with you yet. You're here. How are you advancing the kingdom? How are you encouraging other people? When you process your emotions and you're not stuck in the yuck, then you got to know that you're here to do something. And so what is that for you? Um, and set those goals. Uh, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. God ain't going to do something you can't. So get to it, wake up. And so with that, that's really important. The other thing is understanding that what God allows you to go through, he'll, he'll actually use to grow you through. Amen. You ain't going to grow right. unless you go through, right? And you see the faithfulness of God. And so if you tell me, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I've seen the faithfulness of God. I'm not worried. Now, when emotions come, you look at that. No one ever will look you in the eye and say, I never get worried again. I never get depressed again. I never get anxious again. I never get scared again. I'll tell you why I did in 2020. And so how do you, though, process that as obstacles being opportunities where God's got me on a journey, a journey with him, and he wants me. The pinnacle of pinnacles is not how many homeless we helped, but it's actually how much did I love him, how much did I trust in him. How many scriptures are written on the tablet of my heart? Why am I so dependent on my pastor to feed me when Jesus is my priest? Uh, and so we got to understand that personal walk with Jesus is the principle of principles and the purposes of purposes. But in that, it's not just about basking in the sun, sipping a pina colada and waiting for God to come, or then just crying and binge watching television, drinking beer and eating potato chips until this thing passes this thing ain't gonna pass dave this thing is not this is a new normal that's right it is normal and so how do you now position yourself to receive this word from god it's nothing it, it, it's nothing i can tell you it's nothing i can show you it's the holy spirit and if you don't know who the holy spirit is you will not reach your full potential that God's given you from the beginning of time. You can't say it any better than that. Now you mentioned earlier that you had contemplated suicide and even tried, you know, to commit suicide. And we know that that suicide is at an all time high right now. And, and we know the enemy comes to rob, steal and, and destroy. What would you say to that person? right now that is listening that's watching what would you say to that parent that is aware of their child that is you know overcome by despair lost hope and wants to you know really destroy god's greatest gift of life there is nothing more powerful than the word of god right now 
And if your children live under your roof, show them how many scriptures you've memorized this last seven days. And if you ain't memorizing anything, then why do you expect your children to do the same? Mm. Mm. Starts with you. Mm. You ain't generous. They're not going to be generous. If you're not kind, if you're not patient, if you're not a person of self-control, how are they going to learn? Not for their sake, for, for your soul's sake. So I think it's time to bring the Bible back to the table and actually read and pray. Mm. Pray a prayer that's more than 20 seconds long. Mm. That's not praying. Mm. It's a tradition. That, that is so true. You're a traditional Christian. You have no idea what a conversation is with God today mm. because you can't even say more than 20 seconds on your own. Mm. So write out your prayer, prayer requests. Think, take three hours to write out what you would pray. If God saw you and is coming to your room 10 minutes today, what do you want to tell him? Oh, Jesus, thank you so much for today's food and bless those who have done. Is that what you're serious? You got 10 minutes with Jesus in your room every day. Is that what you're going to tell him? Just 20 seconds? Or do you actually believe that Jesus is there? And you're really going to say, can you please help this division that's done by the enemy in my family be healed and bless my daughter, Kristen, who is addicted to technology, who's not listening to me, but jumping on a bandwagon that her, that her you know, friends are saying, bless Jimmy, who is addicted to pornography. I don't know how to reach him. I know he has, he hasn't told me, but I know he's addicted to pornography. Help me to make conversation starters about human trafficking and fostering and help us to find a local homeless ministry that we can together go out and give them patience that as I now make a new rule that before we eat of the food that's at my table in my house, we're going to read John chapter one. You know, when Jesus was taken into the wilderness and the Satan wanted to destroy him. What did he do? The word, the word. Quoted scripture. Quoted scripture. fasted. Yeah, fasted, quoted scripture. Done. You do that. That's when the enemy doesn't prevail, baby. Not because he loves you and you love him. That's when the enemy doesn't prevail. And the Bible says, when you submit yourself to the Lord, the enemy must flee. Must flee. Must. There we go. Why don't we just stop right now? And can you pray uh, for that person right now that has lost hope? Lord, we thank you. We thank you right now. The people who are listening, we thank you, Jesus, you're there. We thank you for the angels. We thank you, Lord, that the enemy must flee because in the name of Jesus, our house is saved and protected and anointed. Lord God, we thank you that not only can we pray for the desires, but you can help us to know how to pray. Help us to fast. Help us to bring you back in the epicenter of our life as if you are our ventilator. The church is on a ventilator. Help us to breathe your word. Help us to do your will and help us to know your scriptures. 
write them on the tablet of our hearts. Father, we pray for miracles. We pray for addiction to be gone, depression to be gone. Father, addictions to media, addictions to fake news. Father, we thank you that you would help the fasting of Gen Z to get off social media for the next 21 days. Just stop it. Recalibrate. Lord, help our church to have the boldness to take an anonymous survey of how many teenagers have already had sex before marriage, who are addicted to pornography. Help them to know that there are 3% of their youth in their church who mourns over their church because their church never taught them how to evangelize to their lost friends. Help us, Lord God, to, to be awakened of the youth pastors to start telling Gen Z Christians to keep our pants on because if you want to see 40% of abortions drop overnight, to keep the Christians' pants on is the solution overnight. God, forgive us of our church. Forgive us of our unrighteousness. Help us to repent of the 77 million abortions. The blood of the babies aborted are crying out to the kingdom of God and saying, justice, God, justice, righteousness. May it start in our church. May it start in our Christian schools. May it start in our home. Bring revival in our nation. Bring revival. Lord, if we repent according to 2 Chronicles 7.14, may we stop sinning. Bless the governors who are hearing your voice. Bless them to abolish abortion, not pro-life incremental stuff. Abolish it in Jesus' name. The 500 Oklahoma children waiting for a forever home. Where are 500 churches in Oklahoma? Where are the 99 families to come to the foster and adoption families that we may please God unapologetically that we listen to the big G, not the little G for it's you who we obey above any other little G give us an awakening of the coma and help us to do your will fast pray be a light, the city on a hill, to fast and to memorize the scriptures as the weapons that Jesus himself used in your most holy and righteous name. We pray Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And so be it. So uh, any other like closing uh, comments, uh, thoughts, you know, how again, we can connect with you, follow you get behind city serve get behind city serve and i'll say it one more time get behind city serve that's it i love you guys well, i believe in you and i can't wait to see what god's got thank you friend uh, what a, a joint honor it, it was to have you on the influencers podcast uh, with you all the way thank you sir and you as well let's go all in we hope you enjoyed this episode of the influencers podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please be sure to hit the subscription button. You can help us to reach more people and bring more great guests onto our program. 
by giving us a five-star rating and writing a short review about how this podcast has personally impacted you. We love to read your comments. You can also follow us at The Influencers Podcast Official on all social media channels. You can stay up to date and hear more inspirational content and continue to unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember, folks, use your influence to move people closer to Jesus and his mission.